0: We're at the end of John chapter three, and so we're gonna we're gonna read the last few verses of that chapter, and then uh, and then do a short meditation on on what it has to say and the reminder it has for us for Thanksgiving. So, John three verses thirty-one through thirty-six. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. The man who has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for, for God gives the spirit. It's missing a verse. For God gives His Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on Him. So... our family in general, but our, but our kids have had this kind of interesting experience in moving to Wisconsin. They, they would be talking to someone for a while, and, and after talking to them for a while, they would hear somebody say, You're not from Wisconsin, are you? You have an accent. And uh, my kids would reply, most often in their heads, sometimes out their mouth, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. And, and it's kind of this this funny thing that, that we encounter. Even um, I've got some relatives who are about as southern as you can get. And they'll say the same thing to us in the Midwest. We don't have an accent. Y'all have an accent and talk kind of funny. And so because they're just used to that, right? For them, the southern accent, the southern way of speaking is just normal. That's what it is. For us, up in the Midwest, this is just kind of a normal thing. And it's kind of funny that Wisconsin and Minnesota have different accents, but it's true. But but it's just kind of what we're surrounded by. It's what we're used to. And so whenever we encounter something that's kind of different from what we're used to, we, we kind of pull back and we say, well, that, that's kind of weird. And And that principle applies to just more than our accents, more than just the way we talk. It applies to our lives just, just the way we live out our lives that that we live in cultures and and we're just used to people acting a certain way, doing certain things, having certain mannerisms, and we assume that that's just normal because that's what we're used to that's what we're surrounded by that's just what everyone does, right and so uh, when something happens that's different from what we're used to or different from what everyone else does, we kind of think, well, that's weird. And we, and we kind of immediately almost reject it. And, and it's really important for us to to recognize this about ourselves because um, I think we all just need to realize we're all so culturally shaped and so culturally molded that, that we don't even recognize that it's happening or that it has happened, that certain things we just assume are normal, we think are normal. But then you go to another country or even just another place in the United States and you quickly realize that what I thought was normal is not so normal. And and we realize that we don't even know what we don't know <laughs> because we're just so used to things being this way. Like, we don't know that y'all is a very appropriate way to use the second person plural. Right? Or, or my family, that oofta, right? That's my you know, Norwegian, Swedish side. Ufta is a perfectly good inter, uh, interjection to use if you hit your hand or something like that. You can say ufta, which remind. I had a nurse in the hospital that said ufta a lot. It was, it was great. Brought me right back home. Um, but so we just don't know what we don't know. And so it makes it really hard to comprehend anything that happens outside of our cultural experience. And like, that's one of the things that this passage is talking about. It, it kind of gives us this principle. It says, he who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. It says that just as humans, we are earthy, right? We were made from the, the earth. We're, and so we're from the earth. We, we speak like people who are, who are from the earth. We live like people from the earth. That's just the way things are. That's what we're used to. That's what's normal. And uh, if anything kind of breaks into that earthiness, we think, well, that's kind of weird. I'm not sure what to think about that. And it causes problems for us, I think probably more problems than we realize, because what we start to do is we start to kind of just look around at all of the other earthy creatures around us, and we start to judge what's, you know, good or bad based on what's around us, what's normal, rather than basing it on god 's word, and so I, I think that 's why like when i when I encounter people and they say well i don 't know, I look around at the world, and it seems like everyone 's basically good, they have basically good instincts they're um, that's and I think most people are saying, Well, when I look around at the world, people are basically people, <laughs> and they all kind of act the same, mostly some people are you know, a little bit different. Maybe, you know, they'll say some people are a little better, some people are a little better. But basically, everyone acts kind of the same. Therefore, I think we're all kind of basically good. Um, and the problem with that is, is that's basing our understanding of these things just on our cultural understanding of, and our own kind of earthiness. It, it's causing us to be blind to reality, and it's causing us to kind of place humanity as the standard for what's good or normal. Um, rather than God or rather than His Word, and so this passage has a much bleaker picture of what, like where humanity is right now. It's, uh, at, it's at the very end. It says, "Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him." Um, and the word "remains" is really important because it says it, it was there already. That that when the, this passage looks out across humanity, it shows that, that apart from Jesus Christ, humanity is under the wrath of God because they've rebelled against God. That They've turned away from him. And, and so when they refuse to believe in Jesus, they remain under that wrath because nothing actually changes by rejecting Jesus. And, and so that's laying down this kind of condition of, of the natural condition of humanity and, uh, and so rather than looking around and saying, well, people are all kind of basically living and acting the same, therefore they must be all basically good, this passage is saying, yes, people are all basically acting the same. They've all basically rebelled against God and are therefore under the wrath of God. Uh, like that's the natural condition of humanity, but that's also like our natural condition. That's my Up here, Pastor, my natural condition is in rebellion against God and under his wrath. Um, And that's why people have such a hard time receiving Jesus' testimony. We we read, Jesus bears witness to what he's seen and heard from heaven, but no one receives his testimony. Why? Because Jesus comes to earth, he's speaking heavenly things he's living out heavenly realities and people of the earth are like well that's not right this i'm used to this this is what's normal that's weird i'm not going to read i'm going to reject that you're you're wrong and so it's like we we can't even fully comprehend what jesus is trying to say and do because we're so enveloped in our kind of earthiness um It's also why the world calls God a liar. It says whoever receives his testimony, so whoever receives Jesus' testimony sets a seal to this, that God is true. But the opposite of that is also true, isn't it? To to reject Jesus' testimony is to say that God is a liar. And it means to, to look at Jesus and the things that he's saying and the things that he's doing and say, you're lying to me. I don't, I don't believe you. I, I look around at the world. I see it very differently than you see it, Jesus. So you're lying, and, and I don't believe you. And again, it's because that, that kind of earthiness, that uh, culture that we're surrounded in is blinding us to the reality of who Jesus is. And, and it's causing humanity to just kind of keep plodding down the path that they've been on in rebellion against God, under the wrath of God, and... This passage says, and just kind of plodding down the path toward death and destruction. Which is a pretty bleak, I would say, and terrifying picture, isn't it? Uh, because how can, anyone, how can anyone get out of that? How, how can you get out of that if you don't even know what you don't know? How can you, how can you like, turn away from your rebellion and, and get out from under the wrath of God if, if you're just kind of stuck being earthy and always kind of rejecting and resisting the heavenly teaching and the heavenly life that Jesus is bringing in? How do you, how do you ever break free from that? Or are you just stuck? Stuck under the wrath of God. Well, we know that's not true. Uh, I mean, this passage tells us in two different places. It says, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. So some people hear Jesus and they receive his testimony. And they say, oh, that sounds right. And later on it says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. So, so some people kind of break out of that earthiness and, and hear Jesus teaching and they, they grab hold of it and they say, that, that is true how does that happen? Um, And and that's really been the, the theme of this entire chapter, hasn't it? I've kind of keep coming back to it because, well, John, last week when we talked about John the Baptist, he said, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. You can't break out of your earthiness unless... It's been given to you from heaven. Jesus, earlier on in this chapter, says to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see heavenly things. You cannot understand heavenly things. You are stuck in your earthly perspective unless you receive this gift from heaven and are born again by the power of the Spirit. And at that point then you see what Christ, your eyes are opened and you see what he's saying and you go, yes, that is good. That is true. I'm holding on to that with my whole life. Then your heart is stirred to to grab hold of those things and you're moved to begin to live those things out. But that's the only way you can kind of be moved from this earthly lifestyle, earthy mentality is to be born again by the Holy Spirit. And then you're brought in to able to now see heavenly things, be able to live out heavenly realities. Um, And that's the only way. That's the only way you will ever receive Jesus' testimony. It's the only way that you'll ever believe in Jesus Christ, be lifted out from under the wrath of God and, and receive eternal life. And I realize this is not your typical Thanksgiving sermon, but it's, re- it's really important. Uh, because as we understand this, you know, there are many of us, as we shared our Thanksgivings, we talked about how we grew up in a home of faith, we grew up in all of this. And, and it's easy to just kind of get used to the fact that, well, yeah, I'm saved. No big deal. I've got bigger things to to do, and this passage says, like if it was up to you, you would have never grabbed hold of Jesus Christ, you would have never turned to him, you would have never like embraced his teaching, you would have never been um, lifted out from under the wrath of God, you would have never been given eternal life, you would have just kept plodding along down the path of destruction um, and and it's a reminder for all of us who have been living the Christian life for a long time that that salvation is something we should never get tired of. We should never grow weary of. We should never take for granted. We should never like, think, well, I've got bigger things to do now. No. That was a miracle of God. The miracle of God in your salvation is way bigger than the miracle that God did on my life of healing last year. That was nothing compared to the miracle that God did to deliver my soul. (laughs) And so we should be thankful for that. And, And that's why it's important for us to go through these passages and just to be reminded over and over again of who we were before the Spirit came into our life and brought us to new life and opened our eyes to see Jesus Christ because when we're reminded of who we were and what our kind of natural condition is you know, we are reminded of the miracle that God did to bring us from death into new life and then we can live every day thankful for that and uh, you know the disciples fell into that trap as well the disciples uh, you know Jesus sent them out two by two and they, did, they went on this, like, short-term missions trip, right? They, they did all this cool, powerful stuff. They were, like, casting out demons. They were doing miracles. They were preaching the gospel. People were coming to believe. And just, you know, they come back like a youth group after missions trip. They're all, like, on the spiritual high. They're just like, this was awesome. And they come up to Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, this was crazy. We were, like, casting out demons. We were doing all this cool stuff. And, and Jesus says, yeah. I did see Satan fall like lightning, but then he says, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice, rejoice, give thanks that your names are written in heaven. That is way more important to give thanks for than any of the other cool, powerful things. Um, That's the one true miracle that God has done in our lives and should stick with us through the rest of our life. Let's come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. We come first off just to confess that we do get going with life and and begin to take our salvation for granted often think that we maybe even deserved it. We can sometimes act like we deserved it. We can sometimes act like maybe we did you a favor by becoming a Christian. Maybe that it was an easy thing. And So, Father, we just want to confess that to you. We want to ask your forgiveness in our lives for, for taking your salvation for granted, for not living in gratefulness and thankfulness for what you've done. But Father, we don't want to stay there. We, we want to leave from here, living in that thankfulness and that gratefulness for what you've done in our lives. And so, Father, we pray that you would you would fill us with your spirit anew tonight, and that we would that we would leave from this service um, living and breathing and, and walking in the thankfulness and gratefulness of the salvation that you've given us. And so, Father, Um, Help us to turn from that. Help us to live in that. And help us to continually praise you for the work that you've done in our life. Not just the small things throughout this life, but, but get all the way back to the big thing that you did when you brought us from death into new life. You opened our eyes and made us born again through the power of your spirit. Help us remember that and help us to live each day in that truth. All God's people said, amen.